This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by Tower Electronics. For connectors, cables, and more, call 920-435-2973 or visit pl-259.com. And by ICOM. Heard it? Worked it? Logged it. Visit www.icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information about ICOM radios. It's Ham Radio. everyone it's time for another episode of ham talk live episode number 248 building the big ugly ballon recorded live on thursday february 25th 2021 i'm your host neil rapp wb9 vpg thanks for tuning in to this episode of ham talk live tonight we're joined by john portune w6nbc And we'll take your calls live in just a few minutes. Last week, Mark Brown in for BCD was here to talk about some encouraging news about the Huntsville Ham Fest. If you missed the show, you can listen anytime at hamtalklive.com or on your favorite podcast app or on YouTube. And you can catch the rebroadcast of Ham Talk Live every Saturday afternoon at about 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time over on WTWW, that's 5085 AM shortwave. Again, WTWW 5085 on uh, Saturdays, 3.30 p.m. Eastern Well, uh, let me remind you about the uh, QSO Today Virtual Ham Expo coming up uh, again on March 13th and 14th. Early bird tickets are $10. Uh, As part of the speaker lineup, they have all kinds of speakers. Uh, I believe it's like 80 or so. Uh, But ARL CEO David Minster, NA2AA, will deliver the keynote on Saturday, March 13th from 12 to 1 Pacific time. And in his keynote, he will share some enthusiasm for advancing amateur radio and highlighting some current ARRL initiatives to engage and inspire the current generation of ham. So check that out. Okay, well, uh, we're going to talk to John here in a minute, but but we had some sad news come our way yesterday. Uh, My favorite store on the planet... Fry's Electronics has has closed the doors, and uh, it it was so much fun. You could go in and and buy, you know, a USB cable, um, something from the as seen on TV section, and and get lunch all at the same time. And and it was just a fabulous place. And and uh, the last few years have been pretty rough, uh, and then. Uh, you know, COVID hit, and and so they have closed the doors. So, um, Fry's uh, Electronics is no more. So, so we're going to take a moment of silence to remember Fry's. All right. Well, get your questions ready to go for John. We're going to uh, talk to him about 
the big ugly. So we're going to talk about that. If you're listening to us live on Thursday night, uh, you can give us a call after the interview by calling 859-982-7373. Don't worry, we'll give out that number many more times before it's time to call so you can have it ready and uh, we'll let you know when it's time to call. You can also uh, tweet us tonight. Uh, it's at Ham Talk Live on Twitter, and if you're on Spreaker, there's the comments. And we have a kind of a little chat room kind of thing going on there in the comments, so uh, you can do that in real time as well. So I'll be back with John right after this word from ICOM America right here on Ham Talk Live. Love is on the air at ICOM with this sweetheart of a package. It's the IC705. The perfect sidekick for hams that like to enjoy what both the great indoors and outdoors have to offer. It's the perfect QRP companion, base station features and functionality at the tip of your fingers in a portable package covering HF 6 meters, 2 meters, and 70 centimeters. This compact rig weighs in at just over 2 pounds with RF direct sampling for most of the HF band and IF sampling for frequencies above 25 megahertz. It has a 4.3 inch color touchscreen with live band scope and waterfall, runs 5 watts with a battery, 10 watts with a power supply, CW, AM, FM, sideband, full D-Star functions, a micro USB connector, Bluetooth, wireless LAN, integrated GPS, a micro SD card slot, and a speaker mic comes standard and it supports qrp and qrp portable operations and the perfect accessory for the 705 is the now available optional backpack lc192 with a special compartment for your ic705 and room for accessories for soda activations or just a day in the park some other accessories include a qrp portable magnetic antenna standard battery a lithium ion battery pack micro usb cable usb C to micro USB cable, a DC power cable, a compact lapel push to talk Bluetooth with earphone, a desktop tray, and the antenna tuner is coming soon. And there's free software available to download, the programming software, the Android app, the terminal mode access point mode application, and the smartphone picture utility for Android, iOS, and Windows. And the RSBA1 IP remote control software is sold separately. Visit icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information on ICOM radios. Two antennas met on a roof, fell in love, and got married. The ceremony wasn't much, but the reception was excellent. You're listening to Ham Talk Live with Neil Rapp. Welcome back to Ham Talk Live tonight. John Fortune W6NBC joins us on the Orlando Amateur Radio Club and Hamcation Zoom line. John's been a ham since 1965. He's active on 160 through 2.4 gigs and helps people get licensed and helps new licensees and manages a remote base on HF and uh, VHF at Vandenberg Air Force Base and does a lot of 2-meter and 40-meter mobile from his RV. 
He's married to KF6OEB, has three married children, 12 grandchildren, and John retired in 2002 and spent most of his career working for KNBC. Oh, hang on. Hang on. I, I lost my, my sound effect here. At KNBC. <laughs> In Los Angeles and Ampex Corporation and Sony Electronics. So, John, welcome back to the show. My pleasure, Neil. Well, we're talking about the the big ugly, and 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 I had to I had to make this connection because you know the term ugly ballon has been around. We'll, we'll we'll talk about that. Maybe a bit of a misnomer, but uh, but there's there's this hamburger place here in indiana um called bubs and they and bub stands for the big ugly burger and they have this 22 ounce hamburger that made uh the uh dine in and dives or man versus food or what one of those one of those big um food network shows where they they take on the challenge and then you know if you eat the whole thing you get your picture on the wall and all that kind of thing and so they they called that the big ugly so uh, you know we're talking about ugly balance i said well we're talking about the big ugly but it's not the burger it, it's the it's the ugly balance and uh, you have uh, an article in qst about um that so let's talk a little bit about the ugly ballon and what it's used for okay neil well basically the ugly ballon as it is a actually affectionately called i think just like any other ballot it's basically there to choke off rf from the outside of the coax it does it it does it in the, much the same way as a ferrite ballon that you might buy. But it's called ugly because it's large and heavy, because it's made by taking the feed line that you're feeding your antenna with and turning it into a big coil that creates an inductive reactance in the outside of the shield. In other words, a blockage or a, or a high RF resistance in the shield to block off current on the outside of the line. And they're heavy and, uh, but, and big. So sometimes people think they're ugly. I don't. I use them everywhere. <laughs> they're, they're particularly good at VHF, which is where I often am. So that's why they're called ugly balance. I, I think they look pretty cool. Just, you know, if you, if you wind it tight now, now, you know, if you, if you, if your winding's not real great, it might be a little ugly, but, but yeah, I, I think they look pretty cool, but yeah, they are, they do tend to be a little big. Yeah, indeed. When you ask what are, what are they for? What are they good for? Well, or what do we need to know to build one of them? Well, there are five things that you need to keep in mind when you're going to build a an, a, a ballon, any kind of a ballon, but a, a, a an ugly ballon. And that is, don't pay attention to the internet. There's a terrible <laughs> lot. There's a terrible lot of misinformation out there about ugly ballons. Every time I go looking, I say 
Oh, no, not another badly designed, ugly ballot. Because one needs to start with an understanding of what a ballot does. A ballot is basically a device to get rid of the RF on the outside of the shield, caused by the fact that at the end of the coax connected to a balanced antenna, there is a connection between the inside of the shield and the outside of the shield, which are separated by skin effect. It's the same reason a Faraday shield is separated inside and outside. But the misinformation that we commonly run into on the Internet is that, well, it's you just grab a bunch of coax and you wrap a bunch of windings on any old piece of pipe and it's good enough. That is not true. That is absolutely not true. If you want that ugly ballon to work right, there are some specifics that it needs to, that you need to follow. So the number of turns, the length of the ballon turns and the diameter of it do need to be a specific size, a specific number. If you want that ballon to work right. And the reason is, is because the ballon has a self-resonant frequency. That coil of coax out there is a parallel-tuned circuit, and it has a self-resonant frequency. And if you don't work with that self-resonant frequency right, your ballon may be not only useless, but it may be counterproductive. So you do need to be aware of the self-resonant frequency. And what is the main consequence of that self-resonant frequency? It limits the range of the ballot. So those are the, some of the things you need to keep in mind when you're building one of these ballots and calculating it. All right. And, and for if people don't know, why, why would you put one of these things on? Why would you do this? Well, it's the same reason you put any ballot on an antenna. To get rid of the current that flows from the inside skin of the of the shield on the coax around the end and out onto the outside. And when it gets there, it does all sorts of nasty things, uh, simplest of which might be to bite you in the lip on your microphone when it gets back to the shack. But worst of all, it disturbs the radiation pattern of the antenna because it's part of the radiating antenna. It does radiate. Also, it disturbs the SWR of the antenna, and it also changes the tuned frequency of that antenna. So if you don't have a ballon on your antenna, all of those nasty things can happen. You need to keep the RF inside the coax, where it is a balanced line. Surprisingly, coax is not an unbalanced line. It's a balanced line with a third wire the outside of shield. That's what makes it so-called unbalanced. So that's going to keep, or at least hopefully keep, the the RF from going in places you don't want it, like, like, you know, back into your rig and into your electronics and, and all that kind of thing. So... You mentioned the the number of turns and the length and the diameter and all those kinds of things. How do you go about figuring that out for the bands that you're looking at? Okay. 
There's a very basic rule of thumb in designing these balance, these coax balance, and that is 200 ohms inductive reactance. Now, many people might pull up their skirts and run off in horror with the term inductive reactance. It's just the AC resistance of a coil, the inductive reactance, and it's measured in ohms, just like common DC resistance is measured. That needs to be 200 ohms, and not different than 200 ohms. And the reason for 200 is 200 is enough to block, pretty much block, the current on the outside of the shield. But it's not too much. If you make it more than that, and you shouldn't do that, you shouldn't make it more than that, and many websites recommend that you do, what you're going to do is you're going to bring the self-resonant frequency down into the down into the operating frequency of the ballot. And when you do that, it'll stop being a ballot. So here's the probably the number one rule of doing coax balance. You want to calculate the right number of turns, the right size and the right length of that of that coil so that the inductive reactance or the RF resistance of that coil to RF is 200 ohms. That's pretty much of a, of a standmark. From there, that's a benchmark. From there, you have to turn 200 ohms reactance into, uh, into microhenries, and then you have to turn microhenries into turns and size and length. But there are some nice little free calculators on the Internet, which I listed in my article, that you can get to do that with. And uh, I, don't, I can do math, but I, don't, I prefer the online calculators. And so it's a matter of calculating, beginning with 200 ohms inductive reactance at the frequency you're operating, turning that into microhenries by math or by a calculator, and then turning microhenries uh, uh, with another calculator or another equation into turns, lengths, and diameter. Once you've got that, then you'll know the right size to make the coil. So it'll do its job, but not but not limit the frequency range of the ballon by having too low a self-resonant frequency. All right. So uh, last question here uh, before we take a break and uh, give people a chance to uh, call in here. And let me give that phone number out again. It's 859-982-7373. And we'll give that out again uh, soon, but uh, keep that number handy. We'll, we'll let you know here in a little bit when it's time to call. 859-982-7373. Uh, what kind of antennas w- would you typically want to put this on? I, I know you you mentioned some VHF stuff. Uh, what Where would you typically want to use this? Well, you can use a, an ugly ballon or a coiled coax ballon, which is what I prefer to call them, uh, on any kind of an antenna because it works, the, it does the same job as a ferrite ballon that you might spend a lot of money for. Uh, ferrite ballons are good. I don't, I use them too, but the, you want to use it on an antenna in which its weight and its size is not a problem. Obviously, if you're, trying to hang it up at the feed point, the weight might be a little difficult. Fortunately, usually, though, uh, 
uh, you're not you're not doing that on 160 meters where you'd need to make a big ballot. So it, it fits on any antennas. On VHF, however, I find that often the mast is made out of PVC. And therefore, you can use the mast of the PVC that the antenna is made on or mounted on as a place to mount the ballot. And it goes right below the antenna. Very handy place. Drill a couple of holes in the mast, wind a few tur- wind the correct number of turns around it, and you're away. All right. Very good. Well, we're going to uh, take some questions about these and talk a little bit more about the Big Ugly uh, with John right after this word from Tower Electronics right here on Talk Live. Thanks for choosing Tower Electronics. How may we help you today? We have PL259s. We have in connectors. We have SMA adapters. We have BNC adapters. What can I show you today? Where's the tower? Well, we don't actually have a tower with us. But we have all kinds of things you can use with a tower. We have power poles, antennas, soldering irons and meters. Where's the tower? (laughs) Ma'am, that's the name of our company. We can't haul towers to all the ham fests across the country that we visit, but we have almost every connector and adapter you would need to connect your antenna that's on your tower. I don't think there's a tower back there. I really don't. Tower Electronics. Visit us at a ham fest near you or call 920-435-2973 or see our whole catalog at pl-259.com. Sorry, one thing we don't have is a tower. If you're a fan of Tim Allen's TV series, Last Man Standing, you'll have a final chance to contact the show's amateur radio club station before it goes QRT. KA0XTT73. The week long KA6 LMS radio special event starts on March 24th at 0000 UTC and runs through 2359 UTC on March 30th. This will be an all-mode, all-band event. KA6 LMS QSL cards will be available for stations who contact the stage directly or through relay stations. Special event certificates, including clean sweep endorsements, will be available via download. For more information, go to www.gsbarc.org slash LMS. Join the conversation. Give us a call at 859-982-7373. Again, the number to call is 859-982-7373. Or, if you'd rather type than talk, tweet us at Ham Talk Live. Now, here's Neil Rapp with more Ham Talk Live. Ham Talk Live with Neil Rapp. Hey, baby, I'd love to be in your grid square. Welcome back to Ham Talk Live. Thanks to Scott and Jill at Tower Electronics for sponsoring the show tonight. They help bring you Ham Talk Live each and every week. Coming up this weekend, it's uh, the Ham Fest at Dalton, Georgia. You can catch them there or you can catch them online from anywhere at pl-259.com. 
Ham Talk Live is on the air every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, live right here at HamTalkLive.com. And be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And before we get back to John here and talk about the uh, ugly ballon, we're going to hear from Rick in 9GSU with this week's Joke of the Week. Now it's time for the Ham Talk Live Ham Radio Joke of the Week, the part of the show where Rick tells us a ham radio joke. The Ham Talk Live Ham Radio Joke of the Week is brought to you by QRM Labs. Now, here's Rick Garrett in 9GSU with today's Ham Talk Live Joke of the Week. I can't get my satellite radio to work. It appears to be having serious issues. This has been the Ham Talk Live Ham Radio Joke of the Week with Rick Garrett in 9GSU. Tune in again next week for another joke from Rick. Oh, Rick, seriously. Uh, oh, oh, man. Oh, my goodness. Well, Rick's back uh, next week with yet another one. He, he sent me some new ones today, so we'll we'll get those ready for you. All right. Well, now it's time for your calls. If you have a question for John, give us a call at 859-982-7373, or you can tweet us at HamTalkLive. And if you're listening to us on WTWW right now or on a podcast, uh, you won't be able to reach us because we're doing this live on Thursday night. So we're, we're, we're Memorex instead of live. Um, okay. Well, we actually do have, uh, several tweets here. So let me get to those. Uh, the first one, uh, came in, uh, early. Let me hunt it down here. From John W7JKC. And where did it go? It was right here. Uh, oh, John wants to know um, if the number of turns makes a difference in the frequency uh, for the balance. So I think you already addressed that, but any other comments on that? Yes, the number of turns is quite important, but so is the diameter and the length of the of the ballot the key in making a good coax ballot is to make it square which means make the height equal to the diameter then your self-resonant frequency will be as high as possible it peaks for a square coil don't follow the guidelines on the internet that show long thin many turn coils that's a poorly designed ballot also one that doesn't have enough turns and is too big in diameter is a poorly designed ballot. Make your ballon square. If it's six inches in diameter, make it the number of turns that'll be six inches tall. Then you'll have the best, most efficient ballon. All right. Very good. Uh, Brett, WY7BG brings in F equals MA. Conservation of energy means that energy cannot be created nor destroyed. <laughs> it's back to physics 101 here. And uh, if that doesn't go down the shield of your coax, it's got to go somewhere. So where does it go? Well, that's really pretty simple. The energy that's going back down the shield 
is part of the energy that's coming up the coax from your transmitter. So uh, it's if you're putting 100 watts into the coax, uh, then it's it's going out the end. And whether it goes out the end into the antenna or part of it goes back down the coax, the total is still the 100 watts that's going out or it's coming out of your transmitter. You're not creating new power. <laughs> so hopefully... We're releasing a little more power out of the antenna if everything's right. So yes, we're releasing more power. The same power is going out of the total antenna system, but the outside of the shield is, if it's active there, is part of the antenna system. So part of the power is going out the shield. Part of it is going out the dipole that you wanted to go out of. All right. And then also, do you need different ones for different bands? Oh, yes, very definitely. The self-resonant frequency of the ballot, which you can calculate. The little calculator I like is called Coil 64. Look it up on, look it up on the Internet, Coil 64, and it has a way to calculate the, uh, the self-resonant frequency. It needs to be above the operating frequency of the ballot. But it, what the, it's usually close enough that it limits the total frequency range of the, of the ballot. A 160-meter ballot will not go to 10 meters, despite what the Internet will tell you. Don't make the ballot too big. Too many turns is not a good idea. That's too much reactance. Uh, so uh, you do need to make it. Now, people ask, well, if it'll only go, if a, if a 160 meter ballon will only go to 40 meters, for example, or a 40 meter ballon will only go to 10 meters, or a 10 meter ballon will only go to six meters, how do I make it work all those bands? Well, you can't. It's not a possibility with a, with a coil coax ballon. But how do you get around this? Very simply, put more than one ballon on the same coax. Build, build one for 160, build one for 40, and build one for 10, and put them all in the same coax, and they'll do the trick. Now you've got a wide frequency ballot. If you want a single ballon that gives you all frequencies, use a ferrite ballon. They have shortcomings. They're expensive, and they heat up if you try to use them at high SWR. But if you want a single ballon that covers all bands, use ferrite. But coiled coax ballons are great for one band or one or two bands. All right. Very good. Um, so, uh, RJ, WY7AA, uh, sent us a picture. And, and John, I don't know if you're on Twitter or not, but I, I may have to send you this picture if you're not uh, afterwards so you can see this. But uh, RJ says, a big, ugly saved me during the uh, seven QSO party one year. Uh, with the 40-meter dipole up, uh, which, by the way, in, in the picture is next to the, the his famous uh, El Camino, um, it would shut down his IC7000 when he keyed up, and he grabbed one of his water jugs and, yes, the ham's favorite friend, some duct tape. And a few wraps, and he was in business again. No calculations were done at the time, just dumb luck. But you can see here the coax coming out of the El Camino and going around the uh, milk jug uh, with water in it a few times and then right over to the antenna. Yep, soda bottles, water balance, make pretty good ugly balance. Just don't, <laughs> just don't overdo the number of turns. <laughs> 
All right. Oh, we've got more here. Uh, Chris uh, says, does the number of turns matter as much as the total coax length? And is there a standard size for a ballon that will work from 160 through 10? So you, you got part of that. But uh, does the number of turns matter as much as the total coax length? They're pretty much directly related. Uh, so uh, does does one matter more than the other? No, they both matter, and they're directly related. Uh, but again, I emphasize, there is no ugly ballon that will cover 160 through 10 meters. Don't believe the websites. They're wrong. These are people that don't understand ugly ballons. All right. Well, that's all of our tweets that we have. Let me check and see if we have any messages on Spreaker. And if you want to give us a phone call, you can do that right now at 859-982-7373. Again, 859-982-7373. Give us a call right now, and uh, you can ask your questions from John Portune, W6NBC. And uh, he's written an article uh, in uh, Q Street for uh, February about the big, ugly ballon. And, and, and I believe you also have um, one of the um, um, AWRL learning webinars coming up, as well as the um, virtual ham expo that you'll be talking about some stuff. Uh, but I believe the... Um, the AWRL one is is about the ugly ballon. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. It's not scheduled yet, but uh, it will be uh, on uh, presently. And yes, I will be speaking at the uh, QSO today virtual expo on March thirteen. But it won't be on the ballon. It'll be on my uh, the antenna that I mentioned recently. It's been gaining such great popularity. Uh, the double inverted delta skeleton slot antenna for HF. It's been, uh, I mentioned it in my talk on slot antennas, which is also in my uh, Amazon Kindle ebook on on slot antennas for, help for ham radio. If you'd like to avail yourself of a copy of that uh, by simply searching by that name. And uh, that's what I'm talking about at the uh, Ham Expo. And I, what I'm what I'm particularly talking about at the Ham Expo in regard to that antenna is how to is how to use it without having to buy an expensive auto tuner by using it as a monobander. Monobanders are quite satisfactory to lots of hams. So uh, I'm I'm showing at the QSO Expo how to use the double inverted delta skeleton slot as a monobander for a lot less money than buying one of those remote auto tuners, which work well, but they're, they're expensive. Okay. Very good. 859-982-7373 is the phone number. And Chris has another question here. So if I have an ugly ballon that works, say, on 80 meters, will using that antenna and ugly on the other bands cause issues or increased loss? No, uh, the ballon is not a lossy device. The RF is going down the middle of the coax. But uh, if you have an 80-meter, a balance really designed for 80 meters, a, a square 80-meter ballon of the right number of turns and the right diameter and the right height, it will only work down to maybe uh, 
uh, only work up to, let's say, about uh, uh, 15 meters or so. Uh, they have a limited frequency range at most about three to one. So don't try to use an ugly ballon over a wider frequency than that. And again, I re-emphasize, don't believe the websites that tell you, oh, just build a 160-meter ballon and it's good for all the higher bands. No, it's not. The self-resonant frequency will eat you alive. All right. Some good advice there. So thank you for that. And, uh if you want to give us a call, uh, do that now. It's 859-982-7373. We're going to wrap things up here shortly, so I uh, want to give one last opportunity for people to call. And uh, we'll check the tweets here again as well. But I know somebody on one of the forums already mentioned, why do we call this a, a ballon? And, and so uh, talk a little bit about, the origins of, of the name, the, uh, the ugly ballon and where that might apply and might not. Well, first of all, the term bal un, which comes from balanced, unbalanced as an acronym, um, is a valid term. But unfortunately, it masks the real purpose of a ballon, which is to keep the RF off the shield of the coax. Because because of skin effect, there are three wires in coax, the outside of the center conductor, the inside of the shield, and the outside of the shield. And due to the connection, natural connection at the end, current gets on the outside. The purpose of the ballon is to get rid of that outside and to keep the coax a balanced line. Now, the term ballon originated, I think, about the same time as coax began, began to be popular with hams just after the Second World War, where coax was used extensively for the first time. And the term ballon uh, got into the vocabulary of ham radio. And that's what people think, you know, stand up at a radio club sometime and ask, what's the primary purpose of a ballon? And hams will shoot up and they'll say, oh, it's to convert balance to unbalanced. Yes, that's true. But that's not the primary purpose. And that's where the term ballon was originated. I much prefer coax shield choke. That's the, what, to me, the device is. And, and, and in fact, the ballon changes coax from unbalanced three-wire coax, three-wire transmission line, into balanced two-wire two transmission line, only the inside coax is not unbalanced it's balanced with a third unbalanced with a third wire get rid of it and it's a balanced transmission line inside of a faraday shield it's perfectly balanced inside very good all right so so we'll we'll call it the the uh, coaxial coiled uh choke but it just doesn't it just doesn't roll off the tongue as well i th- i think that's maybe it I, <laughs> no it doesn't <laughs> uh, all right well i think we're through all of our uh questions and uh comments here for tonight john so uh thank you so much for being here and sharing with us as, as you do from time to time about uh some uh, antenna issues of, of one type or another, and uh, 
thanks for uh coming on and talking about the big ugly and uh we'll do it again soon with uh something else that'll be fine neil i look forward to it always got things to talk about all right well that's john portune w6nbc and uh, we want to thank him for being on the show and that is a wrap for this week's episode of ham talk live uh, thanks also to everybody out there in cyberspace for listening and typing in tonight with your questions. And um, we invite you back next Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time when Jim Wilson, K5ND, will be here to talk about VHF contesting and roving. And for a list of all of our upcoming guests, visit hamtalklive.com. If you like Ham Talk Live, please leave us a review wherever you listen. It helps others find us faster. And uh, we're about to finish up our giveaway in February to people who leave us reviews on uh, Apple Podcasts or iTunes, as it was formerly called. Uh, We're giving away some free T-shirts to people that leave us a review Uh, in the month of February. So what you do um, is launch Apple's podcast app on your mobile device or uh, iTunes on your computer, search for Ham Talk Live, click on the logo, and then you can scroll down to write a review. And make sure you leave your call sign in your review so we can send you a shirt. So uh, we'll contact you and and find out uh, what size you need and get a shirt to you. So... Um, do that in the next few days here. We're going to end the contest, um, at the end of the month, but, um, we appreciate reviews at, at any point on any platform, but, uh, that's where the contest is right now. So for now, this is Neil Rapp, WB9VPG saying seven, three, seven, five, and may the good DX be yours.